Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Tubular Segments Although most of our time and energy in renal pathology seems to be somewhat glomerulocentric, Craig Tischer reminds us that over 80% of the renal cortex is composed of renal tubules, and it is the renal tubular functions, secretions, and absorptions that account for the marked vascularity, oxygen needs, of the kidney, which, gram for gram, is one of the most ravenous organs of the human body with respect to blood flow, getting approximately 20 to 25% of the cardiac output. The tubules in the renal cortex are back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back with little intervening renal interstitium normally, although those in the renal medulla are separated by varying amounts of renal medullary interstitium normally. The cortex of the kidney is approximately one centimeter thick and includes two architectural areas, the cortical labyrinth and the medullary rays. The cortical labyrinth contains the glomeruli, the proximal and distal convoluted tubules, connecting segments between the end of the distal tubules and the initial portion of the collecting ducts, and the interlobular arteries and veins, arterioles, venules, capillaries, and lymphatics. The medullary rays, and their name derives from the tubular segments they contain, the confluence of parallel arrays of collecting ducts, and the proximal and distal straight tubules. Although the clinical pathologic correlations between the tubular structure and function is generally not very good, it is important to remember the normal structure and function of the different segments of the renal tubular system. The renal tubular system is classically and simply divided into the proximal tubules, the limbs of Henle, the distal tubules, and the cortical and medullary collecting ducts or tubules. However, by ultrastructural studies, especially it has been shown that there are at least a dozen somewhat morphologically distinct tubular cells lining the tubular system. The nephron numbers by a variety of authors generally vary from 1 million per kidney with a range of 700,000 to 1.2 million and is dependent on the ethnicity of the individual studied. Please see the accompanying table. Classification of nephrons is based either on geographical location of the cortex or on function. The superficial nephrons located in the outer cortex send arterioles to the subcapsular region. Remember that most of the renal cortical and medullary blood supply comes through the glomeruli from the efferent arterioles. The juxtamedullary nephrons, deeply situated near the cortical medullary junction, have long loops of Henle and send arterioles into the medulla, converging to form the descending vascular bundles. Here follows are the segments of the tubular system in order. The proximal tubular system. The proximal tubules leading from Bowman space consist of the proximal convoluted tubules, so-called S1 and S2, or P1 and P2, respectively, and the straight portion of the proximal tubule, the pars recta, which extends down into the renal medulla a ways. 
the following designation of tubular segments are primarily based upon ultrastructural studies on the rat nephron, although a number of antibodies and lectins are thought to be somewhat specific for different tubular segments. The S1 segment corresponds to the initial one-half to two-thirds of the pars convoluta. The S2 comprises the remainder and extends into the initial pars recta. The S3 pars recta terminates at the inner stripe of the outer medulla. Proximal tubules are easily distinguished from other tubular segments by virtue of the cuboidal columnar cells with the centrally located nucleus and a PAS-positive brush border. They have extensive basal cytoplasmic invaginations and especially surface apical microvilli and basolateral infoldings, which represent the morphologic basis for enormous resorptive capacity with over, as you'll recall from physiology, 60% of salt and thus water that salt are filtrated through the glomerulus being reabsorbed by this segment. These segments also reabsorb glucose and amino acids and other small molecules as well as electrolytes such as bicarbonate. The absorption with various co-transporters and anti-transporters such as sodium potassium ATPase requires abundant energy provided by the numerous mitochondria packed into the basal lateral infoldings. The S2 and S3 segment have been shown to be one of the major sources of toxin excretion by the body, that is, organic ions, organic acids, and drugs, and thus can be injured by a variety of toxins. The tubular cellular junctional complexes, the prominent apical endocytic lysosomal apparatuses, the various other intracytoplasmic organelles and their functions are covered extremely well and completely in Chapter 1, Renal Anatomy and Histology, by Dr. Stephen Bonsib in Heptonstall's Pathology of the Kidney, 7th edition. The Limbs of Henley The limb of Henley has a descending and an ascending thin limb. The descending limb begins at the border of the inner and outer stripe of the outer medulla and is characterized by a flattened squamous-like epithelium. There are several, at least four, segments of thin limb epithelium defined by ultrastructural changes, with many variations between species and functional differences in water and solute permeability, which is part of the countercurrent concentrations function. Variations include lateral interdigitations, number of microvilli, and tight junctions. These four cell types of the limbs of Henle are less well-defined in humans. Generally, the descending limb is permeable to water, but has low permeability to sodium, whereas the ascending thin limb is impermeable to water, but has a high permeability to sodium. The distal convoluted tubular system. The three distinct segments of this system includes the thick ascending limb of Henle, the macula densa, which represents the junction between the thick ascending limb of Henle and the distal convoluted tubule. The medullary thick ascending limb of Henle is relatively impermeable to water. The thick ascending limb actively reabsorbs sodium with the basal lateral cell membranes containing sodium-potassium ATPase activity that helps maintain 
the medullary interstitial hypertonicity. The macula densa is a button of about 20 cells, which are the only tubular cells with reverse polarity. That is, the nucleus is apical and the RER, Golgi, etc., basal, that is, pointing toward the nearby glomerulus for tubular glomerular feedback. The macula densa also has an interrupted tubular basement membrane. Similarly to the thick ascending limbs of Henle, the distal convoluted tubular cells are impermeable to water and their lateral cell membranes contain much sodium-potassium ATPase activity. Finally, the cortical and medullary collecting ducts are tubules. These collecting ducts contain two types of cells, the most common principal cells, of course, and the intercalated dark mitochondrial-rich cells. The interstitial cells are more common in the cortical portion of the kidney, but their number diminish as one descends the collecting duct into the medulla. The intercalated cell is the only tubular cell without a cilia. The intercalated cell is thought to be the final pH regulator via its apical proton pumping into the tubular lumen. Aquaporin allows AVP, ADH, to open these channels to water, allowing the hypertonic medullary tissue to reabsorb needed water. Again, the best reference is Stephen Bonsib, Renal Anatomy and Histology, Chapter 1, Heptonstall's Pathology of the Kidney, 7th edition. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.